0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it.
1: The Holy Spirit is very excited today. I feel it. Um, I just want to start out by reading this with Psalms 103. With my whole heart, I'm good. With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before the holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. I have been... This month, we are embarking on some training for our soul. But I'm wanting to marry together today what we've been talking about with the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, God wants to work... um, within the design of humanity, ways that humanity is just now beginning to see. You know, I've got this shirt on, made for more. You're made for more. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're just made for more. You know, right now in this room, just think about where you want to be this time next year. I'm a planner, yeah. <laughs> and Cheryl's giving me the excited face. Um, and I like to think about the future. I don't like for it just to arrive and it'd be like, oh, I forgot you were coming. You know, like that thing that we all have a birthday and it's every year, and then, you know, people who just act like it just suddenly snuck up on them. You know, God wants, God did not design this that way. God designed us with a blueprint. And He designed especially the body of, of God, the body of Christ, the body of Jesus. Once we come to know Jesus, what happens? We step into a family that we didn't have before. They're not all just in this room. But then what happens is that we, we begin to function in that body immaturely that's just the reality of humanity right? right but part of my heart for us especially you know those of us in here who want to be leaders to the next generation who wants to you know, I have to raise your hand but who really in their heart knows they want to leave a legacy they just don't want to do their own thing, and then leave the planet the same as they came. That just seems like, for me, that just seems like a useless life, right? Where I just didn't even plan for anything, didn't even think that I meant anything, didn't even think I had any assignment or any purpose or any value, and I just kind of, you know, slugged through life, you know? That's not really God's heart. God has... A divine design. I've preached on it before. Let's just touch on it for a minute. So God's divine design of humanity is that everything is done from the relationship. The awareness that I have of him as a certain role. So that's why we... We all, in Christianity, the first thing we learned was Jesus was a Savior, right? And I was in need of a Savior, right? And so a lot of times in a lot of churches, we got stuck at Jesus being the door. And that's a great door. I mean, it's not a bad place to be stuck. But you're not going to fulfill your assignment if you just get saved every week. Right? That's just part of the Christian life is that I live in repentance. I live constantly being challenged by the Holy Spirit to renew my mind and change my heart to do what? The divine design. The divine design is that God, the creator of the entire universe, wants to co-labor with you to do something different on earth than you would do without him. That's the divine design. I don't know how good you are at it. I used to be horrible at it. I don't even think I knew it existed. I just thought, well, I mean, really, I was raised in a church where we sang that song and sweet bye-bye, we will meet on that beautiful shore. But we didn't talk about what we were going to do before we got to the shore. And man, it just felt so crappy doing this thing. Where's the shore? I just kept wanting, right? And then we, uh, we, we got creative, and we said, there's a mansion on the shore. Oh, yeah. And then we were like, oh, we got a home now, oh. right? <laughs> and so we just, we just, you can see how humanity just kind of evolved really slowly, especially if you were raised in religion in any way. You evolved really slowly because religion is sluggish at best, yeah. right? And, and so what's happened in this generation is that God has restored the fivefold ministry? You should go a whoop whoop on that. Because the fivefold ministry's job is maturing the saints. That's why we weren't mature. Because it takes the fivefold to actually present material and live an example of what is possible as humanity for other people to look over and say, I want what you have. We do this in business. I mean, you don't You let's use Chick-fil-A. I use them a lot. Why? Because we know Chick-fil-A is going to do one thing when you get there. They're going to say that one catchphrase. My pleasure. Everybody, have you ever been that they didn't say my pleasure. I have never been, and we go a lot, where, the, where they didn't say my pleasure, right? And so, that's a model, that's a business model. Some random person, what's that guy's name? Candy, Kathy, that owns it. He, um, only the real Chick-fil-A people know who own it, and you probably got some clothes now, too. He had a model, right? And, then, and what's the other thing Chick-fil-A's known for? That's a really weird business model. They're closed on Sunday. Why? I mean how many businesses do you know that do that? It's really rare. Why? Because in his in his model of a business, these were the things we were gonna do. Now everybody's hating on Chick-fil-A right now, you know, and that's what happens when you're successful. Yeah. If you're going to become and be in your position As an equipper of the saints, you're going to get hated on for your model. I know this sounds weird because y'all love it here, but I've been hated on for this model of worship. I waited for 30 years to do prophetic worship, and people say, oh, that worship is all kinds of fun negative stuff. Why? Why? Why are we hating on things that aren't our way? Right? You didn't get the memo from God to do prophetic worship. So, see, I'm accountable to a voice you don't hear. And so is Mr. Chick fil A. If he started opening on Sundays, he's accountable. Because, why? My call, your call, it's individual. It Really, honestly, it doesn't even matter if you're married. I know it, we would love it if we married somebody. I know here's our dream and our fan. I'm going to marry somebody. They're going to have all of my stuff on their mind constantly, and that's what we thought marriage was about. And then we realized we married an opposite person. And We're like, what? You are you're you're strange. <laughs> and our, and weirdness doesn't sustain me. It makes me mad. <laughs> right? And so we fantasized. And, and honestly, didn't we do that with Christianity? Yes. Come on. Yes. Didn't we fantasize that we would come to know Jesus and it would be easy? Yes. And the first time he corrects us, we're like, oh, well, what is that? <laughs> what is that you're bringing up in here? I feel like that's a little abusive, Papa. I feel like you're, you're father, you're, you're dissing on me a little bit. You're fathering me a little bit hard, Right? And so remember I gave you a few weeks ago the hidden treasure of the maturity road through the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. What was the last stage? Persecution. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Jesus said you're going to have trouble. We don't even have a good definition of trouble. It's- right? Yeah. But he said, but here's the kicker. I overcame the trouble. Yes. I already won. I got these dingly dingly keys, and I gave them to you. And I said, "Don't lose them anymore." Yeah. Right when Adam, right? I've told this story a lot. When Adam and Eve, what did they give up? They gave up their authority. So, aren't we weird when we don't have any authority, but we wish we did? It shows up in parenting, doesn't it? Yeah. When we lose our authority in parenting, we become negotiators. With immaturity. We do. And see, that's, the enemy is banking on that. He's banking on... Are y'all good? Yeah. Did, it, did I offend you already? Yeah. Easy. Come on. Hold on to something. Hold on to your... Because what? God desires a co-laborer with God. 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 I'm talking about God, the creator of everything. This is how valuable you are. I don't know who came in, told you you weren't valuable, told you to believe some other something, right? I mean, anybody can say anything. There isn't anything that someone hadn't targeted, right? If you've been doing something long enough, they're going to target, right? That's why I have to know my why. I have to know why he put me here. I have to know. And so the marrying of what we're talking about in the month of August. In the month of August, all of your small groups and all of our focus is going to be on soul management. I talked a little bit about it on Wednesday. We're going to be talking more about it. But we're these three parts, right? Our body is what? It's just a shirt, yeah. right? Yeah. Our spirit man's what? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's just It just knows what God wants. You have that. It's cool, right? It knows whether or not it's God's voice or not. Now, someone's come along maybe and told you that you didn't know how to hear God's voice or maybe you don't even care to hear God's voice, but your spirit man knows it very well. I changed my mind. And and it is constantly doing what? Communing with the Holy Spirit. Because it's a what? Spirit- this spirit connection now the Holy Spirit doesn't really care that you want to be in charge in your soul in fact one of the way he develops our character do you want character does anybody want character see I I, I want it really bad I want to be a woman that says what she says yes my yes is yes my nose no right does anybody else want that then my soul gets in the way of that because it it may not feel like it but my spirit man my spirit means like no this is the holy spirit you know his voice and see what our soul does depending on what your personality is depending on what your injuries are it begins to negotiate so like wednesday night that was powerful and i was like come on we're doing it right the coach was here. Come on, prime time. Come on. We're going to win some buff games this year. We're going to do it. Right? We're going to do it. We're going to do this soul management. Right? And what happened on Thursday? What happened on Thursday? We, we either, <laughs> it either got too hot, too difficult, too confusing. We either had the line, I don't know what to do. Did you reach out? Probably not. I had some people actually reach out this week and guess what? It's so easy when you have help and see that's what the fivefold looks like. It actually helps mature your soul. Let's let's just read about it for a minute. Are y'all good? Yes. All right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Now I've been reading this for how long now? 2 or 3 months. So remember we right, we we ended with the Tongues of fire last week, and we talked about how that the prophecy and the discernment and the tongues and the interpretation of tongues and all that's a little package that goes together, right? And remember, verse eleven, it says, "Remember." So he says, "Remember," because he wants us to remember, right? It's the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as He chooses for each believer. Why? Why is He choosing? You know, first off, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to everybody. Where's the choosing coming in? He won't allow a gift to operate in us. I'm not mature enough to handle the result. Listen, helping people is inconvenient. I'm trying to teach servant leadership. I'm going to serve the most. Servant leadership, you get low. Right, It's inconvenient. If you think you're inconvenienced now, spend a day with me. It's inconvenient. You don't get to do what you thought you were going to do. You know how when you're young, you're thinking, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be somebody. How many thought they were going to be like Mariah Carey or some, some, you know, Thomas Jefferson? I don't know. like <laughs> Right? Yeah. Some really strange, weird, like, right? Famous person. That was your soul. what was your soul seeing? It didn't know that person. You'd never been over to Mariah's house. You don't know her. You do not know what's going on with her. I saw a thing the other day. They said in the 90s, who knew that Roseanne Barr would be cuter than Madonna in the 20s? I mean, it's just a reality, right? So famous people aren't real. Your version of It's yeah. not real. Right. And so then think about how far. I'm going to use Pam. Pam thought she was going to be the next Joyce Meyer. So that didn't happen. So how far, right? Yeah. But God didn't say, I need you to be somebody else. Right. That's it. He needs you to be you. Yes. Maybe you don't know who you is <laughs> yet. But he will distribute his gifts freely to those who know him and know who they are. If my character can't handle it, I would be shooting people with the gifts of the Holy Spirit all in the Holy Spirit's name. Have you ever seen anybody that's operating in a different spirit? We have people come here all the time. They're operating in a different spirit, right? And so I have to discern that spirit because they're not coming in going, I'm bringing in this spirit. Here I come. Here I come. Here I come. Here I come. I'm coming in here with it. I'm coming in here with it. I'm coming in here with it. it. I want to influence people. I'm I'm an influencer. I'm going to influence people. Right? They don't do that. They just bring this thing that they think is amazing. This Mariah Carey syndrome. Whatever it is. Right? And so the Holy Spirit says, wait. We need to develop some character. Say thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to develop some character. Ooh, 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 ooh. Think about the ooh. Think about the prophetic without no character. Ooh, ooh. Right? We don't want to prophesy out of our soul. We don't want to lead out of our soul. of yeah. me know that you've led out of your soul. What is that about? <laughs> What is that about? You've got an agenda. Right. Servant leadership has no agenda. Come on. Right? And so this is, this is where we are in 1 in Corinthians. This is what he says next. Now, this is Paul. Now, what was Paul? He was an apostle. And he wanted to what? Bring structure to craziness. Right? Remember, he was a murderer of love. Remember? He was a murderer, Right? And God transformed him overnight, and then he, what? His gifts began to go crazy. Then, see, do you see his gift before? Right, it was still going on. Now he's doing the same thing, but with the Holy Spirit. This is what he said: Just as the human body is one, do you believe that? Right. Great. We're in agreement. This maybe we may end up here, but though it has many parts. That together form one body. So too is Christ. So He's doing something we can understand. Think about Jesus for a minute. He's just like your body, right? He's moving in sync. Like if I decide to walk over here, watch, watch my right leg. It goes with me. Look at that. I didn't even have to tell it. I didn't even have to tell it to do anything, right? If I say we're going to raise my hands, look, both my hands go up. Look, I didn't have to do anything. That's Jesus. He's just moving. Okay. He's moving. He's flowing. Are you with me? Yes. For by one spirit, what spirit is that? Capital S. Holy Spirit. We are, we're all immersed and mingled together in one single body. That makes me chuckle a little bit. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, I'm just going to stick you all mingled together and you're all immature. And look at him up there. He, he, he. he is more confident in his power to mature you mingled up with a bunch of immaturity than you are. Yes, Woo! Listen, I have a knife. I have a knife thing. Like I, want, I, cut, I cook a lot. So, you know, when you have a dull knife, like you're trying to cut a tomato and you smash it. And ha- no, we're not doing that. So I have some knife sharpeners. What is the knife sharpener? It's iron. What's the knife? It's iron. What's happening when I rub those together? What's happening in the body? You're iron. I'm iron. Come here. Let's rub elbows. Come here. Let's do a function together that we've never done together before to make us interact over and over and over and over and over and over and over over See, now, a lot of us are like, well, we, let's keep things separate. Let's just be separate. Separate a bunch of stuff separate, separate. Right? No, no. He just threw us all in the big silver bowl together, just like a marinating chicken. He just says that you can't even tell where the oil and the soy, it's, it's all there together. Right? Because he trusts more in his ability to bring about events that will cause me to rub up against you. You know, it, the worship team is a great example. So, I knew we had to have good worship. Don't we have good worship? Yes. yes. Okay. It's, it's better than what you think, isn't it? Like when you listen later, you're like, that's us. Woo. I mean, Mendel was 39 years old, didn't even know she could sing a lick. Now we wrote 67 songs. Woo. Because what we purposed in our hearts to purify our hearts, then unify. It wasn't even about singing. It wasn't even about whether we could play an instrument. It wasn't about if we had everybody could sing perfect pitch and harmony. It wasn't anything about that. See, when you make the right thing the first thing, the other stuff trails behind. You know, everybody knows that, bro. He's he's a YouTuber. And he works for this company where he works with these famous musicians all over the world and makes these punch things with their tiny little toes. And he goes to Nashville and L.A. and everywhere. And he's been playing guitar a long time. But guess what? He had to lay down his talent for the mingling. Talent meant nothing to him. Without the mingling. And now that he's mingled, he doesn't even think about whether he's good at it or not. Yeah, it. All that matters now is what we mingled together. And see, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's why it says, where he chooses, verse 11, you should memorize it. Where he chooses, he's distributing things. And he measures by what? How much I yield. What, what am I yielding? My soul. My soul is the seed of choices. My mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Mind, now, I could go through and give you three of the mind, three of them, but let's not do that today. It's really complex. You are. Aren't you cool? I'm so cool. I'm not very cool unyielded to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm a little self-focused. That's just a nice way to say it. I'm a little self-focused, right? I, I don't even really know that the mingling is actually scraping something out of me. You know, when I'm sharpening the knife, it's not saying, ow, 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 but we do. When I get up with someone, especially an opposite personality of me, and they're like going, why are you doing that? Well, I, I, I don't even know. Do I have to think about it? Yes, you do. Okay, wait. So I have to step over here into my brain because I just want to, to live without thinking. And I hope it turned out good. Hope I ran into some people that helped me out, like the government, like church people. I'm a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, parent, somebody. I'll I'll be sure and let them know I'm I'm hurting a little. I'll give them a little report about my day to let them know where I'm at. So everybody will know, right? Come on. And see, this is what he says. Of course, he was talking that there wasn't a difference between Jews or non Jews because he needed to say that, right? We're all free to drink of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14 The human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, Since I'm not the hand, I'm not part of the body, right? Have you ever said, Whoa, is she in here? No. She cut her hand really bad, and man, she knew that was a part of her body. Right? See what what is he trying to do? He's trying to balance in our minds it doesn't really matter which part you play. You're privileged to be a part of the body. My gratitude of that privilege changes where I end up on the body. That's character. That's servant leadership. Right? Listen, everybody's been acting like a fool. I'm just telling you, we've been talking about this deliverance ministry started. That just, that got all somebody up in a tizzy. Then we've been talking about the soul man. Oh my gosh, that went on to another level. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, he just turned up the heat and the dross is coming up. And we're like, is anyone going to see this though? And who is going to see it? Maturing. Since I'm not the hand, I'm not part of the body. It's forgetting. It's forgetting. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't forget. 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 It's forgetting. It's a vital part of the body. You are vital. Turn to your neighbor and say, You are vital. Listen, no one gets your assignment. No one. If you are breathing, your assignment is not over. No one on the planet will have your assignment but you. When I tell myself that, that gets me out of bed every day. I got some people counting on me. Wouldn't it be horrible? Would you, can you imagine oh gosh, me showing up and not having anything and getting up here and going, I don't got nothing for y'all. I mean, I, I've been up since 1.30. Because why? The Holy Spirit was just speaking. There's no time. It's one life. If we had a sign, we could put it up. It's one life. I'm, it's on all the time. Because why? My desire to co-labor with the Creator is greater than what my soul needs. My soul thinks it needs so many things. Like chicken. It needs chicken, good chicken. Needs Italian food, right? It needs everybody to be quiet and have no problems. And it needs to go on multiple vacations a week. This is my soul, right? And so it's like, I get a problem. I mean, one day I woke up at six and I had 47 texts. I'm like, what are people doing? Right? You give out your phone number and people will text you. Right? So then I, and then something else happens at seven, and something else happens at seven thirty, and then I think, why do I have this business? Why do I have this ministry? Why, why, why? Because why my perspective just shifted to me. I wanted to sleep and eat my oatmeal in private. <laughs> Servant leadership is not convenient. Listen, you're talking about people who have come out of the world. I have people that have come out of the world that have have been horribly abused. Stuff I cannot imagine. And I'm sitting there face to face with them saying, God can heal it. I am telling you, God can heal that. I'm telling you that hopeless place in you. Because why? I know I know him. Yes. I know him as a father. I know him as a comforter. I know him as a savior and healer. And so I will give to you what I know when you don't know it. Yes. And that's what this generation is looking for. Yes. It's inconvenient. When you get healed, I'm telling you, the wholeness of God, it it breathes this desire to bring wholeness to other people. Yes. And listen, it's not enough to just want to help people become whole. You've got to be effective. Everything's not effective for everybody. You can't just play the same note for every single person and just say, how about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? It's personal. It's personal. you got to figure out who they are, where they've come from, what their personality is, what do they come from, the political spirit, the worldly spirit. I mean, it's a bunch of stuff to know. What's their love language? Why do we teach all this? Because every person is that. Yeah. Well, I am the sum of all those things. And if all I'm looking at is, who's going to do that for me? I come to love language I'm hoping everybody's going to be like, <clears throat> coming to find out what I am, what I need, what my needs are. My needs are great. There's a whole bunch of people here. I hope they all want to meet it. then I'm not wanting to lead. It's as if the ear, verse 16, were to say, I'm not the eye. <laughs> so I'm not really part of the body. Think about ways we've said that. That's how offense happens. We compare. What, why are they getting that donut? I mean, it can happen over anything. Right? Well, they didn't even say hi to me. We start there, really, honestly, don't we? Think about it for a minute. When you walk in the door... When you walk in the door, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about that? That's all that is is comparison. Let's just call it what it is. Are you thinking about, man, I'm so grateful for this place? I remember when we were at the house. I used to mentor 17 people at one time. Keisha, she wanted to mentor at 1202 at night. I was like, what? Go to sleep. <laughs> We don't even have a brain at this time of night. And she would be like sending me these long, lengthy introvert texts. And I'd be like, see, this texting was made for introverts. I know because I don't want to touch this with my thumbs anymore. I'm ready to sleep. <laughs> and then we got that dictation feature and then it just says random stuff. We don't want to compare. We all have different needs. This is what he said, verse 17. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sound? See, there's some logic coming in. Dummies. That's what he's saying. What in the world? You can't all be the same thing. Come on, grow up. It's, it's jovial. Right? He's a good coach. He's like, what? You're so controlling. You're so lazy. You're so just whatever. He's not doing it because he's mad at you. He's saying, you're important. You're vital, but you can't be what everybody else is. It's not going to look like you thought it was going to look. Trust me. I've been serving God my entire life, and this looks nothing like what I thought. I came from two churches, one that had 10,000 people, one that had 7,000 people, and I was important. Let's just say that. And he said, lay it all down. Man, can I, not that just because I left, but both of those churches crashed and burned after I left. I was like, oh, you saved me. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know it. I, know. I didn't even know that's what that looked like. It says, and if the whole body were just in the air, how could it smell different fragrances? I don't want to smell any, but some people like it. Yeah. Verse 18, but God, say, but God. But God. Has carefully, say Carefully. carefully. Designed. Now, being an ex-designer, a little bit still one, but um, Pam's got a whole list for me. Um, I love to design. Why? Because he gave me the imagination. I can see it before it's done, right? So I, in my my imagination, I walk into a kitchen and immediately I don't even see what's there. It all transforms into what it's going to be. That's apostolic. So now that same thing happens with you. When you walk into the room, I don't see what you're bringing. I ever see what he wants you to be. Not because he's trying to change you and you're horrible the way you are, but because life transformed you. Not the spirit. All of that stuff he's getting off of you is not, wasn't from the spirit. All those insecurities and places that I read about on Wednesday night, those were not from the Holy Spirit. Those were from a demonic spirit. What does the demonic want to do? Oh, no, He he just wants to frustrate you a little bit. No, he utterly wants to destroy you. He'll steal it if you won't let him destroy it. He'll kill your dream if it doesn't happen on time. And he'll say, it's your fault. You weren't mature enough. It's your fault. You picked the wrong person. Have you ever been married to somebody? Don't, don't, don't even shake your hand. I mean, your head. But I know people have been married to people and they're like, this is the wrong person. And they spend years and years. I'm like, you're in it. Win it. Get in it. Win it. Or get out. Because why? Because you're just slowing down your assignment. Your assignment's not based on your marriage. God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body. Dang, I've got to be done. In the body. In the body to function as he desires. He desires. He desires. He desires. He desires. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, here's a crazy part about desire. Is that what's the scripture about desire that you know about? Yeah, say it. Yeah. You can ask anything, like four chapters in a row. You can ask anything that you desire, and he'll give it to you. Now, I know all the religious people right then said, well, it's got to be according to the will of God. I know, I already heard you say it. But that's not what he said. So I propose, I propose we're praying some things. What's prayer? A declaration out of my mouth. I propose we're praying some things we get. Yes. yes. Wow. yes. Uh. yes. Oh yeah. Yes. We thought we were just complaining. Man. But we were really creating. Wow. We thought we were just gossiping. Oh, oops, we didn't call it that, did we? Sharing a prayer request. Oh. <laughs> we thought. But we were really speaking out our desire. And if you would, if you would pan back and look over your life, you've, you've gotten things you said. Because he said, he didn't, he didn't qualify it. He didn't qualify it. He didn't say, only... Right? Only all the stuff that you just do perfectly... See, I propose that as a co laborer, I have a lot more power than I thought. I propose that my mouth is running amok. That's why James said, That tiny little thing, that thing's creating frictions of nations. This thing, this is the Creator. I speak because what am I? He gave me the keys of authority. And he said, co labor with me, I'll give you what you desire. That's what he said. Oh, y'all, y'all, I'm rubbing up against something. See, if I change what I say, that's why he wants it done in relationship. Because if I learn him as father, it changes my desires. Name one little desire. That you had out in the world when you were down in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about all the things you're saying, blaming everybody. Yes. It's their fault, right? Yeah. Few people are in relationship with people they were in the pit with. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Why? Because when the rope came down, you got out. Yeah. And what did they say? Hey, where are you going? This is family. The pit is family. Or I'm drowning out in the ocean. Are you not going to save me? That's why if I'm not mature, I will rescue what God is trying to end. So that's why these gifts that he's so freely, he's generous and you're so valuable. It has to operate underneath a structure just like chick-fil-a it has to be done according to the divine design you don't get to say well i don't really care about chick-fil-a i'm gonna do my own thing i don't really care about god's divine design i'm gonna to come to church and i'm gonna do my own thing my own way i'm not going to have any accountability i'm not going to have any structure and guess what it doesn't work out he doesn't answer it it's delayed it's delayed Listen, think about it for a minute. It's going to be maybe my last point. When I pray, and I know it's God's will, there's an extra amount of belief from me on it, right? But when I don't know, come on, let's just get real. When I don't know, and I'm sort of question praying, right? I'm like, well, if it be your will, God, That's not co laboring. That's guesswork. And the ambiguous prayer. The double mindedness. Well, maybe he would be okay with it. Well, maybe. See, that's where my soul comes in. The seed of choices. It's saying, oh, God don't care about that. He don't care. No, he cares. Because He has a divine design. I cannot operate outside my divine design and step into the promised land, step into the place of peace and freedom. As long as I am in contention with my soul, then my prayer life is different. My trajectory with people is different. Everything is different because I'm actually contending with something in me that needs to be renewed. And that's why this month I'm encouraging us to ask the Holy Spirit where we need to fast something. Why, are we, why would we fast? We would fast because we haven't been able to get a rain on it. I like to look at it. My friend used to say that she likes to look at herself as a horse and is she all saddled up and ready to go for whenever he, he comes to ride? Yeah. Or is she like, oh, wait, I didn't think you're coming today. I, didn't got, I don't got my saddle on. I don't have, I'm not prepared. Because right there, he's just saying, verse 19 says, a diversity is required. So, in this pool of mingling, you're all diverse, you're all different. One of the things that happens in a body is that I begin to learn the diversity of people, I begin to learn why we're diverse. I begin, and, and from that, it develops this love that this servant leadership can operate from you believe it today? Come on, Mendel.
0: So good. Boy, it was a delicious service today, wasn't it? Delicious. Just delicious. Well, one of the things that I really love to do in the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me is kind of he will highlight a little pattern for me. I was just talking with Nevaeh about it before uh, the service today about how, you know, when you start to operate with the Holy Spirit, he's, you start to see things. You're like, wait a minute, this goes with that and this goes with that. And and I enjoy seeing what he's doing in sort of a bigger picture when I look at what I thought was a random assortment of messages and a random assortment of songs that we sang and then, but seeing a pattern in it and seeing him in it and what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. And so I'm just, um, as I was listening to the message today and thinking about the song that we started off with that we, we just finished writing it yesterday called the father of lights that I know because I know because it was me that experienced, I was just getting ready for bed one night and I will sing around my room, you know, and all of a sudden I just realized what I was singing. And I had that, those whole verses about there's always been a light shining in your eyes. I always knew you were going to tell my story and that for you, I went and hung the moon and I'll make the sunrise too. Um, for you were meant to shine with my glory. And I just realized I was singing that and I had to stop and think, wait a minute, who's talking, who I didn't, I didn't I'm not talking to anybody saying I know you're meant to tell my story. <laughs> That's him. He was saying that to me, you know. And so I just happened to share it with Tisa and before another service, um, in, when we were in the green room, and then she came out and read James one, and we were both like, "Ding ding ding!" This that little ditty went with James one, and we were like, "Oh, this is the Father of Lights is speaking." And so I want to close out today. I want to read the words of this song over you and just maybe point out a couple things from James. I would encourage you to go read the whole chapter of James 1. All of it's good, of course. But James 1 is where um, it talks about the father of light. So when I was reading it um, and we were preparing for songwriting, realizing that he was highlighting this, that um, several things jumped up out at us that we tried to incorporate into the song, but I'm realizing that it's his fathering that the Holy Spirit wanted to highlight for this purpose, because we are on this focus of soul management. And the father, I believe, is wanting to tell us that as you, you focus on your soul management, he wants you to know how much he has pre-prepared you with what you need for your soul management for this next leg of, of maturity. He's pre-prepared you for it. He's pre-deposited things with you in it, with you in it. I don't even know what that, did that come out right? Pre-deposited things in you, something like that. Yeah, either way. And he is going to be right there alongside you as you work on your soul. And so it's important, like she said, to have things in order. That's how everything progresses, is to have things in the right order. One of the things that we've been focusing on was about the spirit being in the lead of the soul. And so I've been kind of looking into that. And one, one article I read showed the diagram of our um, body, soul, and spirit for humanity, that if you took a circle, the spirit would be the innermost dot in that circle. And then the next ring would be your soul, and the next ring would be your body. And it does say in scripture that our spirit is our innermost being, okay? It's our innermost part. So if you look at it just like in that circle diagram, that is the most embedded part of you, okay? It's the deepest thing in you. And your soul is... Is surrounding that, and we may have. And our soul is basically telling our body what to do, and so our soul has been in operation, and we, I believe, have been forgetting to say, "Wait a minute! There's actually a pre-planted plan, designed by God. All the provision I need is actually further in. So instead of just reacting out of our soul in our life, we need to be, you know, consulting that resource inside of us." And so this chapter in James actually talks a lot about the soul. It talks about the being tossed to and fro. It talks about the reference for the word sozo comes from James. And so there's actually a lot in there. And so let me just read this over you, and I'll stop and mention a couple of things. You are chosen. You are born from above. You are destined. You are fathered by love. You are written. You are poetry in motion. You are woven for the story of love. There has always been a light shining within your eyes. I have always known that you would tell my story. For you, I went and hung the moon, and I'll make the sunrise too. For you were always meant to shine with my glory. Shine, 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 shine for me. So one of the verses in James talks about how With a sensitive spirit, we should absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. This is the verse that Sozo comes from. But the word of life, okay, so we know is the word of God, it has power to continually deliver us. So it's not just a one-time salvation. It's when we're doing soul management and we bump up against something, that word of life, has the power to save us in that moment too, and the next moment and the next moment. And it says that that word was implanted within us and we need to absorb it. So how do you make sense of that? If it's already implanted in us, how do you absorb it? I propose it's implanted in our spirit. And it's this looking to our spirit for leading that we absorb it. Our soul is what needs to absorb this what the spirit holds and has access to our soul needs to absorb this word that has the power to continually deliver us and so what's the light that he's talking about in this song the light is also the truth right truth is a light truth casts out light is what casts out darkness which is truth that's also in scripture so there's always been a light shining with your eye in within your eyes. I've always known you. Tell my story for you. I went and hung the moon. What does the moon do? It reflects light. What does the sun represents? The sun, Jesus, right? God sent the Father sent the sun to come and be the light that we are reflecting. So it's this light of embedded truth, this word of life, the the Bible itself. Okay, the word of God is embedded within us. No one is is missing it. I mean, it says it. This, this doesn't say if you've been saved even, you have the word of life implanted within you. It says you have the word of life implanted within you. So everybody has it. Everybody has access to the thing that can continually save us. And I believe that that is the light. And so why did we write that you are written at the beginning of the song? Why did we say you are poetry in motion? Because it's that word that was implanted within you that we are meant to be absorbing and living out, it says, in making your life like a poem of his words. That your choices, your actions, the way you live your life is actually creating a poetry with the word of God that was implanted within you. And because just a little further, the very next verse, it says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of of self-deception. So don't absorb the word, the spirit, that life-giving word from your spirit into your soul and then not partner with it. Don't just hear it, even in your quiet time, even in your processing, in your sozos, in your counseling, whatever it is. Don't just hear it and not change your actions, change how you operate, how how that manifests within your soul, within your body, and how you actually live out this life. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life let his word become poetry isn't that a beautiful beautiful image That you were actually in this in the word goes on and our song goes on to say that you were born of him. He had a dream. He had a dream in his heart for you to write with your life, the poetry of his heart, the poetry of truth, this poetry of light to be a walking light beam that walks around and creates if you could if you could zoom out. Just imagine if you could zoom out and if you could watch your life all over, you know, from a distance, that you are a little light. You're writing a poem. You're writing a story of God that will be on display for the world. And one day when we get to heaven, I believe we'll get to see the story that we wrote with our lives and the poem that we wrote with our lives. And so it's such a beautiful, beautiful imagery and a rich, rich invitation into his fathering as we go on into um, pursue soul management so again the song streaming from the throne of grace grace is that supernatural supernatural ability to do what you could not otherwise do destined for earth's display the gifts as she said were meant for display on this earth they're not just to absorb gifts and then wait till we get to heaven to display gifts he doesn't need them displayed there so streaming from the throne of grace, supernatural ability, destined for earth's display in your life now, are pure and marvelous gifts of the spirit. That reference in scripture talks about how complete these gifts are. They are completely satisfying to what you need. The the if you break down the word that the pure and marvelous gifts of the spirit, they are will completely satisfy your needs. It's not just one little tool that solves the problem halfway, it will completely, perfectly satisfy your need and what you've been called to do. Implanted, you are implanted with the word of truth. You will become the living proof, a legacy of glorious sons and daughters because you were born from a dream in me and you were destined for a legacy. We've got to realize that. I don't think there's one person on earth that doesn't need to hear it, that you were born for something bigger than what you've ever perceived. God is, has a legacy for all mankind, a legacy that's being released across the earth. And you are a part of it. You were destined to be a part of his legacy. You are his. He is the father of lights. He is shining with all that you need. And he has no hidden shadow. There is no darkness and no change, no turning, as she's talked about earlier, because he is the giver of destiny. So this relationship with the Father is everything. It is everything. As she so, so eloquently described today, we go through the door of Jesus so that we can have the Father, so that we can know the Father, so that we can be fathered, so that we can hear the Holy Spirit, so that our spirit within us can have that spirit-to-spirit connection. Think about that. I still am just overwhelmed by that idea that the Holy Spirit searches the heart of the Father every day for us, Every day of your life, the Holy Spirit is searching the heart of the Father for the thing that your soul doesn't yet know. And it sends it to your spirit. And if we would just consult our spirit, our soul would hear the very thing we need. And it wouldn't have to come through our natural mind, our logic and our understanding. We just get it. We would just get it. I just, came, I just had an incredible encounter the, the other day on Friday where the Holy Spirit redefined something for me, a gift that he gave me that I've been experiencing since, I don't know, probably 2000, around 2000, 2000, early 2000s, okay? I've been experiencing it, living it, and I mislabeled it. Wow. I mislabeled it and have since, because of logic and reasoning, been trying to turn it off. And it was a gift from him. It was access to his fathering heart. It was access to his love. This beautiful, blissful place. And I just kept trying to turn it off because I'd mislabeled it. But in his goodness, the Father, the Holy Spirit will search the heart of the Father to send to your spirit the thing you need to know. And that's what I finally asked him. Why? 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 Just why? What are you trying to say to me here? And he completely rewrote this thing for me so that I could again reconnect with the gift that he'd already poured out to me in a life changing way. I mean, I just I can't share all the details now, but an amazing way. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing for us, because the father longs to be a father to us. The, The father is a father to us. He's constantly actively fathering us. And if we will get this thing in order, we will manage our soul by putting our spirit in the lead, consulting our spirit. Stop acting like our soul isn't, is the expert just because you've lived on earth for a while and learned and saw some things. Your soul is not the expert. No matter how old you are, your soul is not the expert. Your spirit is, has the spirit connection to the Holy Spirit who knows all things and knows exactly what we need in every moment. So, Papa, I just want to thank you for who you are. I just thank you that you are the father of lights. You've created, you gave birth to us. You call us lights. You implanted us with the light of your truth, with the light of your word. You implanted us with all that we needed. And you have called us to just let that shine, to let that be our life. Let that be the purpose and the, the bulk of our life, the light that you implanted within us. You've called us to just let it shine. You didn't even say make it shine. You didn't say rub two sticks together to make it shine. You didn't say strive and get connected up to some electricity and shine. You said let it. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it be, let it be unto us according to your word, according to your design, Papa. We say yes to you today. We say yes to everything that you invited us into today, whether our natural mind and our logic understands it or not. With our spirit, we say yes to the invitation today. We say yes to what you're inviting us to. We say yes to what you are, you are inviting us to partner with. We say yes with confident faith because our spirit knows and has complete confidence and trust in you. So we thank you for this day. We thank you for this message. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would wrap it up, that you would seal it up, that you would make it personal for each person hearing it, that you would make it deeply, deeply personal so that every single light can shine a little brighter each and every day going forth. And Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of salvation for all that you are to us continually, all that you continually are to us. Thank you that we have the privilege of walking in the garden of, of our heart, of our spirit, of our soul, This all that you created within us with all three of you. We get to walk and visit in the garden with you, with all three of you. We are not cut off. We have full access, so we thank you, thank you for all that you've poured off. We just can't stop saying it. We just thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We love you, we love you, we we love you, we love you, we love you. And it's in your Son's mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.